What the hell? I'm sorry. No, but it's a joke, really. You're speaking with my mom again? No, 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 that's unacceptable. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! Hello and welcome to This Cannot Be Serious, a dive into the weird and wonderful world of tennis. We've been off for a while, Joe. Yeah, it has been has been a long time. I'm sure some of our listeners assumed we'd like entered the Challenger Tour or yeah something similar, but we didn't, um, unfortunately. Quit our jobs and followed Gunnar Warren around the world. I mean, of... if only. Yeah, I think it was the last podcast we had. We were talking about the Olympics, and the Olympics might have been the thing that just tipped us over the edge, thinking we didn't want to talk about tennis for a while. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I like. Full disclosure, I don't think I watched a single point of the Olympics. Yeah, I think I was kind of with you on that. I didn't watch much of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just... It, uh, maybe I'm lying there. I just think it was a soulless environment. It was it's so difficult watching tennis without a crowd. Yeah, I think the I think that's true. I think the Olympics, there was other stuff to watch that looked way more exciting. For sure. I got into some very, very weird sports, which Taekwondo really took my it took my breath away. But, Taekwondo. Um, uh, did you um did you manage to catch any modern pentathlon? Which is that? Is that the one with the the, the shooting and the running and you, around around yeah. Yeah, think of like the most five random activities you can and it's that yeah. one. I really liked it. I'll tell you what I really liked about that. I liked the, the staggered nature of the last round where you had to, where people were like released based on how well they'd done previously. Yeah, it's a nice touch, isn't it? Yeah. That you was know very what? good. Let's just, let's put a tennis racket in their hands and see what happens. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. I don't know what, uh, what's the one above pentathlon, pen six. Pentexagon, yeah. I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Let's invent yeah. the modern whatever that is. Yeah, that would be good. I think tennis. I think really should be taken away from Olympics in general, though. It was the only good moment I thought was probably Novak losing it. I mean, yes, that was delicious. That was amazing. What I would say, I don't want to. You know, it's been a while since we've done a podcast. I don't want to crow, but I did say I didn't think Novak would win. And I also thought that it would be a great tournament for somebody like Zverev or Sissipas. I mean... And that's one of the very few predictions I've ever got right. So I'm, I'm going to hold on to that with everything I have. No, you should. Uh, that's, a, that's a big call. I, I think, if I remember correctly, the second part of your prediction was he also wouldn't win the US Open. That is the big part. That, and which, it's still up in the air. We don't know. That's true. That's not looking great at the moment. No. But it's it, it it remains to be seen. I've got a quick question for you. Mm, before we move on to to other matters in the US Open. Who won the ladies singles? <laughs> I had no idea. Um Oh, uh no, I do know this one. Uh Belinda Benchich. Very good. Yeah, that is impressive, mate. I thought I thought actually with the Roger Federer connection at what do they play? Hotman Cup or something. Yep. Yeah, I thought it, you, I thought that might that, cross your radar, but yeah, that connection is the only reason I know that answer. Yeah, but uh, no, and she she took out Marketa Vondrusheva, who I've only seen play. She played against Joanna Conta in the semi-finals. That was the one where Conta completely melted. Um, and uh, yeah, so I tend to I tend to remember the ones who have destroyed British hearts. 
Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's the first week of US Open this week. Um, Andy, I think probably the Murray Sister Pass has to be the one that that caused the most controversy. That was excellent. I mean, the, did you see any of the match itself? Um, I mean, I actually I ended my tennis embargo to mm. watch, I think, the second set onwards of that mm. match. And like before we even get into the bowel movements, I mean, what a match that was. I so good. I thought I thought Murray's going down in three straightforward sets here before this yeah. match started. The level he was able to play at, I thought was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, amazing to see. And really aggressive tennis from him. It's kind yeah. of uh, I know his a lot of his game was around movement in general, but I always found when Murray was aggressive, he was very hard to play against. I mean, it was you know, um, he was kind of seen as a counterpuncher, really, but almost realizing that he probably couldn't go for that long against Sispas, I think, probably helped him quite a lot. And he was just he was playing so well. Yeah, um, unbelievable, and he should. Uh, I hope he takes away like a lot of positives from from that match. I'm sure he will, but to me, that proved like okay, he he's still capable of of winning tournaments, to be honest, if he can stay healthy. Yeah, and it's actually changed my view. I think it's probably changed my view about how... Because I don't think... I think he can take out, like, the Basilash Villies. Yeah. Like, if, if if I was thinking of a... Like, somebody who Murray could take out in a slam, I'd be thinking, like, like a, 30, a top, like, 30 player, but not top four. Yeah. You know, like, I think he could take out a Casper Rood. Sure, or, or he could take out. I don't know one of the Karenia Buster. Karenia Buster, yeah, yeah. But I, do, I just didn't think that he could actually take one of those players out in a better fight. And I know he didn't win. Sure, but it felt like he was close to that. I, whether he can go on to win a tournament, I probably doubt. But it was, um, yeah, it was so good to so good to see. It'd be interesting to see how his body held up. You know, one or two days afterwards. Um, but uh, um, I yeah. mean, he. Uh, I forget who he texted. Um, I want to say Brad Gilbert, but Brad Gilbert might have been lying. Uh, some tennis commentator said the day after they got a text from Andy Murray and he said his body was all good. Really? Yeah. That's, That's so, really good news. Yeah. So Although I, what I would say in my limited experience of um, five set matches, mm. uh, extreme sports, it's the second day. Yeah, you're right there, actually. First day, you're fine. So I'd like to, if there's any tennis commentators who got a text from Andy Murray two days afterwards, maybe, <laughs> maybe he texted Mats Philander or something like that. That's a, that's a distinct possibility. Um, but we've, I mean, we can't can't pass up the opportunity to talk about the big, big spat between Murray and Sissabas. Sure. I Amazing mean, stuff. Uh, I'm sure everybody who listens to this will know what happened. Sispas took a, what was it, an eight-minute toilet break? Yeah, I think his second time off court in that match, I think. Yeah, um, and Murray was basically shouting at the official, uh, saying that he's taking way too long, should be getting out here, it's not fair, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. What was your kind of view of the general? I mean, it's obviously funny to see somebody like Murray lose his rag. Yeah. Um, what was your view on the actual? Do you like? Do you think it was wrong? What Sissipas did? Do you think it's tactical? Do you think he's doing stuff within the rules? What do you think? 
Um, it's one of those, it's within the rules. Um, I think he definitely did it for tactical purposes. Mm. Um, I think the bigger, yeah, the bigger complaint, I think, was, I think it stemmed from a couple weeks prior to the US Open starting. I think it was um, Zverev versus Sissipas in Cincinnati, Cincinnati, yeah, yeah, yeah. where he went off court again for a very long time. I think you could see his phone like in his bag when he was going off court, and then the camera showed his dad slash coach like aggressively on his phone for quite a while during this break. Should I should I quote to you what Zverev said after the match? Please do. He said he's gone for a ten. He's gone for ten plus minutes. His dad is texting on the phone. He comes out, and all of a sudden, his tactic completely changed. It's not just me, but everybody saw it. The whole game plan changes. I'm like, either it's a very magical place he goes to, or there is communication in there. I've never been a massive Zero flat fan, but I did. I did enjoy that. That's yeah. That's that's a good quote from him. He, he's still a bell end as well, though. Um, was there so there were there, there were rumours that that was also happening during the Murray match as well? Is that right? Or? I I think that's what Murray is was kind. I, he never. I don't think he came out and said it, but for him to say like he's cheating, yeah, that's quite big, isn't it? I, I yeah, I don't think he would say that for him just taking too long in the bathroom. And I wouldn't say Murray's one of those to generally have spats with people. I no. I get the impression that everybody hates Isabas. Like, yeah. With a passion. Like, like, he doesn't get on with... I mean, there's obviously the famous thing with him and uh, Medvedev. Sure. Uh, where he calls him a bullshit Russian, I think. One of, <laughs> one of, one of the best videos of all time. Um, but yeah, he ha- hates him. I think Zverev hates him. Seemingly, uh, I think it sounds like it's one of those things that's gone around the locker room. Everybody's like, Sispas does this. And there's like a general code of conduct that a lot of people, and then Murray's there like, I'm absolutely having none of this. And good for him. Called him out on it. Yeah, no, I I, I think that's completely fair. And I think Sissipas doesn't help himself. Uh, Only a few weeks ago, I think he tweeted, he'd like to be coached after every point. So you know where he stands on the issue. Like he's yeah, not one of true. those players who's oh, I'm out there on my own and I love it kind of thing. I need to work things out. It's like he wants his hand held. Yeah. After I, every think point. I think he's a thoroughly unlikable individual. He is. And you know what? I, I don't want to get too political on this podcast, but yeah. it, I mean, he came out and saying he's not getting vaccinated because he doesn't see why he needs to etc etc yeah like if you're if you're a reasonable person and you're a fan of someone like that for me that would turn me off do we know any sissipas fans no is it going to be like one of those i've never met a novak Djokovic fan but they exist somewhere in the universe i think it will probably turn into that i know he there are a lot of like Greek tennis fans who obviously support him, but I don't think I've come across any non-Greek Sissipas fan. No, that's true. That's true. It, it was um, he. He also did it the following match against against Manorino and got booed by the US court, the US I, Open crowd, yeah. which I thought was pretty pretty great. I think my one of my favourite moments from this though was um, did you see his comment about Murray kind of fighting back about the final in twenty twelve? No. So basically, Sissipas 
he, he was like, well, you know, basically like Murray came, Murray during the final against Novak Djokovic, he left the court and like, you know, went for a toilet break that was like really long in the final, you know, to change the momentum and all that kind of stuff. Somebody informed him that he took less than three minutes off the court. <laughs> and then, and then Sispa said, okay, so three minutes makes uh, more, makes a massive difference. And it was like, yeah, it does make a massive difference. It's basically like double the amount of time yes. that he took off. I just love that he went, he didn't even properly do his research on it. No. Went in and then people were like, yeah, that's, um, that's not quite what happened. But uh, yeah. He's, was, a, he's, was... a, he's a moron. And every time you hear tennis commentators like talk about him, like off the court, they say, oh, you know, yeah, I went for dinner dinner with him and his family one time and he's just he's not like everyone else he's just a really interesting kind of guy i mean the word you're looking for is weird yeah he is yeah he is weird i like i don't have anything i don't want you know i don't want this podcast to turn into a a weird bashing thing i think i'm, I'm perfectly i'm perfectly okay with weirdness i just don't think i just i just don't think he's particularly likable no, there's, there's a lot of weird tennis. I mean, most tennis players are weird. Most are we... tennis are absolutely weird, but you need to have a sense of likability about you, and I yeah. don't feel he does. No, no, no. That's that's true. Um, it's uh, Kyrgios. Did you see Kyrgios having a meltdown as well? I did. Yeah, that was quite good. What I quite liked is he also crowbarred Sissipas into it. <laughs> And he just went, so he basically, he he got annoyed because I believe he wasn't playing particularly well. Looked like no, he, he wasn't. just wasn't in the right frame of mind. Chucked his towel on the floor. I think was it Carlos Bernardes, the umpire, basically said, "Can you put it in the box?" <laughs> <laughs> and then he got a time violation. And then he says, "So I have to walk back to my box to wipe my arms because I'm sweating and I get a violation." But someone can go to the bathroom for twenty minutes and it's okay. <laughs> Explain that to me. It doesn't make any sense. Um, oh. But yeah, I. I do love. I, I I've always loved the Kyrgios Murray relationship as well. Yeah, they've always been kind of very very close. At like I think Murray always backed him up when Kyrgios was even more of an ass back in it, <laughs> back in the day. But yeah, I just love that nobody's like Kyrgios is like I can't I can't let Sispas get away with this. But then again, they had it. They had a bit of a bromance, didn't they? Yeah, I remember. Um, there's that clip of him delivering Sissipas shoes during that period that where he kept yeah, breaking yeah, shoes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so very confusing, I think. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's sad to see Nick out. Yeah, I just don't think he's healthy, to be honest, nah. um, at the moment. So, yeah, hopefully he gets back to gets back to his, you know, winning, I say winning form, you know, getting into week, almost week yeah. two of slams and then giving up. Yeah, that's true. Um, I know I've predicted that Novak's going to suffer a horrible loss sometime over the next couple of weeks. Wow. Do, you, do you see that happening, or are you very much in the mindset that Novak's going to absolutely romp to victory? I mean, I haven't looked at the draw at all, um, so I don't know what his path looks like. It's just, it's so typical, right? I always hear Kay Nishikori. Is playing really well. Oh god, he's looking. He's looking really good. Don't, don't come to me with Kane Yeah, hear me out on this one. So I think he comfortably wins. Yeah, his first round match. He's comfortably winning his round two match. Has match points in the third, and then ends up going five brutal sets. Hmm. And who does he face now? 
Novak Djokovic. Mm. And I just, I think, like, I, I know people like like to have a bit of fun. Oh, Kena Shiguri loves five sets. Uh, like, it, it's kind of, I don't think it's that much of a joke anymore because like, you are never, I mean, he's never going to win a slam anyway at this point, really. But you really have no chance, especially at his age, going five sets constantly in these slam matches like he's uh, i mean i i fully on board with your prediction of of novak going out by any means possible but i just see him getting absolutely annihilated by novak because probably he's got nothing left tomorrow nishikori feels like one of those blokes that you think like people will recognize his name and you think on paper that looks like a quite a good matchup and it like, never is oh wow for a third round that's amazing yeah but it's somebody who is so far below that standard and previously at one point was a rising star doing quite good things. I'd probably put Chilich in that category. You think, oh God, you know, if it's like, was Nadal Chilich in the third round? Yeah. Oh, that's, that sounds amazing. Like a previous slam winner. It's like, yeah, but he's going to get absolutely butchered. Yeah. It's not, uh, yeah. People forget the year, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, he's yeah. got, so he's got he's got Nishikori. If he gets through that, he's got either Karatsev or Brooksby. Okay, apparently Karatsev has been like shocking <laughs> since. What's his yeah. yeah, and then uh, there's a few others. So in the so then he'd play one out of four of Andreas Seppi, <sighs> Oscar Otter. Oh, uh, I'd love to see the Otter out there. Uh, Ivashka, who I think is that—is that the guy he won? He won recently, didn't he? Yeah, he. Uh, I don't know what he won, but he won something, and he's on a, like a winning streak, apparently. Yeah, so he's got Berrettini in his quarter, who apparently is also not playing that well. He's not playing that well, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, who's in his half? Zverev's in his half. Shapovalov, I just don't see. No. Riley Palka. The the only I think the only one. Right now, in current form, the only one I see capable of being him is Zverev. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd probably agree with you. The bottom half just looks like absolute dross, doesn't it? Yeah. <sighs> Who's Van der Sch- Zanschlup? Va- Va- yeah. <laughs> Van der Zanschlup? <laughs> Never heard of Oh, he got, he got Molkan. Oh, he, yeah, he's your favourite. I'd, I'd love to see. I mean, you never know with Medvedev. No, you don't. So I think he definitely could, on his day, he definitely could. Has, He's capable. Has done well at the US Open before. Yep. I wonder if he, has he, has he sorted out his relationship with the US crowd yet? Uh, I have, it's been quiet this year, so maybe he has. Hmm. They, they definitely seem to be, um, I'm going to say they're all listening to this podcast because the crowd seems to be hating Novak right now. Excellent. Which is delicious. Yeah, didn't they have somebody in the crowd who was basically putting him off consistently? Was that right? Or just yeah, that was every time he had a smash or something, which I've got a lot of time for. Yeah, um, they got real, really behind. Um, oh, who did he beat in round two? Do you have that up? He lost. Uh, he dropped a set. Who did he play in round two? Uh, it was some. I'm sure he it was played some against Greek Spore. That was the most recent one. What do you know? Do you have the one before that? Oh, Rune. Oh yeah, Holger Rune. 
I think he dropped a set to Holger Rune and the crowd was like, yeah, in love with uh I with mean Holger. you would be, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that kind of makes sense. Um but uh yeah, I think it's I don't know. Yeah, on the women's side there are so many potential winners. Um Emma Radicano is the one who's kind of getting most of the headlines, I think, at the minute. She's playing incredibly well. Is it fair to say she's already had a better career than Joe Conta? Uh, no, but I'm, you know, look, yeah, I'm not, a ma- I'm not a massive Joe Conta fan, but, uh, I'm hoping she does. Yeah. It looks def- like it. I'm definitely hoping she does. She, <laughs> she had a lot to, she had a kind of lot to prove. I think McEnroe got slammed because I think he was saying that she had to go out there and actually prove it outside of Wimbledon, which <laughs> a lot of tennis, British tennis fans seems to get quite upset about. It's like, yeah, she needs to not just play well at Wimbledon to prove she's a good player. Um, but yeah, she's looking very good. She's very, very good. good. Did Did you see the um, the? I think, I think it's still accurate. But all of like the top twenty seeds from on the women's side are still in the draw. Oh wow! After oh, round it? three, I think like the men's side has been demolished. But yeah, we're used to seeing it the other way around. Yeah, that's true. So it's uh, nice to yeah nice to see that consistency. Yeah, that's um, that's amazing, really, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, there's so many good players on the women's side who could win it. Andreescu's again looking great. Petra Kvitova's looking very good. Yeah, there's so much depth on the Olympic champion Belinda Bencic is there. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, it's looking it's looking really exciting. But I think yeah, Raducanu's got Cerebes Tormo, who have never come across before. But I think if she if she wins that then she'll she'll have ash barty which i think that's a yeah but a hell of a result i think what she'll have gotten to the yeah 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 fourth round quarters with that uh, fourth round fourth two hundred sixty-five thousand us dollars damn that's big yeah but if they keep on going on about the fact that she got an a in her economics a level again i'm gonna scream every single time you like tired of hearing that just, just change, change the record, guys. Come on. What, what other subjects did she do? Surely she did more than economics. I think she did maths as well. She might. Is there any stars in A levels now? I, I don't know. We're too old for this. Yeah, I think there's a star. I think she got an A star in either economics or maths. Yeah, but isn't this the year where... I don't want to feed this storyline, all right? It's already had enough airtime. To kind of back you up, though, wasn't this the year with the predicted grades? That's a very good point. Like it's it's not that much of an achievement this year. I, I don't yeah. wanna I don't wanna belittle her achievements, but maybe Annabelle Croft was her teacher and marking <laughs> and giving her great grades for a Wimbledon performance. It's all possible. Absolutely. Um, somebody else who's Eugenie Bouchard. She's retired, right? Uh, I don't think so. She's still playing. Well, she's trying to play. She she had uh, surgery earlier this year, I think. Uh, did she? Yeah, I thought she was retired. Maybe I'm getting mixed up with her and Caroline Wozniacki. But she, um, she's definitely retired, Caroline. Yes. Yeah. Um, they had a, a word game. I don't know if you saw this on tennis.com with uh, with Jeannie Bouchard. They called it uh, Word Rally. So they gave her some kind of word, mm. and then she had to say the first thing that came into her head. Okay. Um, music. I think she said something like fun. You know, it was that kind of it was that it was that kind of level. But she did. There were three players that she talked to that she um, had to say the next 
word afterwards, yeah, and you have to guess what she said. And this is okay. quite revealing, I think, about how the wider tennis community views a lot of these players. Sure. Federer. Hmm. Oh, are you asking me to guess the word? Yeah, you have to guess. Um, did she say goat? No. Roger. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's, that's fair. Nadal. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Nadal. Uh, uh, oh, well, I'm, based on the previous answer, I'm going to say Rafa. No. Uh, uh, it's a bit more descriptive. Bull. No, not not bad. Though. I mean, Beast. Oh, oh, okay. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Djokovic. Um, Bendy. No, way more damning. Oh, oh, damning. Um, it was quite like everything else was like really vanilla. And then she just came <laughs> out with something that was quite bad. Uh, Crybaby. It was Crybaby. No. How the, how on earth did you get that? I was going to say like whingy or whiny, then I just went with Crybaby. That is incredible. You must have seen that. Uh, maybe it's in the back of my mind somewhere. Wow. Yeah, Crybaby. How bad is that? Jesus. So she gave, yeah, just, just really like. Yeah, tame like everything answers. else was just like, you know, it was like beach, love. <laughs> music, fun, Federer, Roger, Djokovic, crybaby. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I did enjoy that. Oh, but she God. definitely went up in my estimation. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always been a big fan, so now I'm an even bigger fan. Excellent. That's good. Let's. Uh, well, since you uh, put me on the spot, let's put you on the spot. Yeah, we all have. Um, So as it's the US Open, uh, I know you like to do those kind of quizzes based on the current slam. Oh, yeah. So the New York Times has provided us with a pretty (laughs) challenging US Open quiz. Oh, goodness. It is multiple choice. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. I, I, in many ways, I think that makes it worse. <laughs> uh, three, three answers. Uh, there are, there are 21 questions due right. to 2021. So we'll, we'll whiz through these as quick as we can. Um, name the only player to win the U S open on clay, grass and hard courts. Bjorn Borg, Jimmy Connors, Rod Laver. It's gotta be Rod Laver, isn't it? It was Jimmy Connors. Oh, for goodness sake. Okay. Who is the only woman this century to lose the first set in a final and still prevail? Osaka, Serena, Sharapova. I'm going to say Serena. It was Osaka last year. Uh, not not off to a great start. No, this is, this is bad. I'm getting shown up. She lost in the final four years in a row and never won the title. Hannah Mandlikova, Yvonne Gulagong, Lindsay Davenport. That's a tough one. Huh? Um, I'm going to go with old Lindsay. It was Yvonne Gulagong. 
Okay, zero from three. This isn't a great start. No, it's not. Uh, for 16 straight years from 96 to 2011, the scoreline of the women's final had a commonality. Name it. Every final ended in straight sets. Every final went to three sets. There were no tiebreaker sets. So from 96 to 2011. Um, I reckon... Oh, God. Um, I think I reckon there were no... I reckon there were no tiebreaker sets. That's the one I would go for as well. It was every final ended in straight sets. Okay, zero from four. Can I get zero from 21? That's everybody's interested in finding out. He lost the men's final four times and never won the title. Vitas Gerolitis, yeah. Beyond Borg, Arthur Ashe. He what? Sorry, he he got he, to the final four times, and never won it. He lost the men's final four times and never won it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's Gerolitis, isn't it? I again, I think that's probably correct. No, it was Beyond Borg. Of course, it was. Times. <laughs> wow. She's the only South American to raise the women's trophy. I reckon we I reckon we get to ten and we leave it there. Yeah, I think so as well. Zero from twenty one, I think, could be that could be the end of this podcast. You, you know what? Let me find the more recent questions. Thanks. Um man. just to help you out. Although I didn't get the Osaka one from last year. So No, that we'll we'll skip over that. Yeah. Um okay, Novak Djokovic has won the US Open three times. Yeah. How many times has he lost in the final? Three, four, or five? How many times have you won it? Uh, three times. Three times. I think he's lost three times. I would go for that as well. No, it's five times. Wow. Yeah. Okay, from six. Okay, let's, let's get you a decent question here. Um... Name the last man to successfully defend his singles title. Roger Federer, Andre Agassi, Pete Sampras. Sampras. I mean, I know that's wrong. Is it Roger? It's Roger. Yeah, Federer won the last of his five straight US Open titles in 2008. Okay. I'm going to get one before 10. So what are we up to? Seven now. It's quite impressive. If you if you consider it's, an, it's actually multiple choice, how I've got every single one wrong now. Yeah, it really is impressive. Um, That's on backing me up. So I'm just going to go for, I'm going to go for A every single time <laughs> at the moment. So let's go for the last three. Come on, Joe. Okay. He was the only teenager to win the men's title. Marat Safin, Pete Sampras, Juan Martin Del Potro. I've got to go. I don't think it is Marat Safed. Okay, uh, okay. So I think I think it's probably. I'm going to go C for all of them now. So I think it's Juan Martin. Juan Martin. It was Pete Sampras. Yep. Okay. Zero from eight. Safed. I'm committed to C now, so I can't go. I can't go away from that. Safed and Del Potro were twenty when they won the title. Sampras was only nineteen. It's hard, isn't it? It's very difficult. Um, this player completed the career Grand Slam, not the it's calendar DJ. slam. I'm telling you, it's C. Do you, do you want me to finish the question? 
<laughs> finish the question, yeah. This player completed the career Grand Slam, not the calendar slam, by winning at Flushing Meadows in 2010. Sharapova, Nadal, Djokovic. Djokovic. It's Nadal. Okay, zero, uh, from, zero from nine. This is the last one. So the last one, okay. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm trying to find one that you might have a shot at. Can you find one where the answer's C? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the answers to these. Um, okay, here we go. She won the last US Open women's final of the 1990s, and yeah. she's still on tour. Okay. Venus Williams, Kim Clijsters, Serena Williams, and they are all still on tour, by the way. So I've got to go for Serena for reasons that will be obvious. Correct. You're kidding. Come on. I'm not sure you should be celebrating that aggressively after that performance. But... No, I'm happy with 10%. I'll take 10%. It was looking, I was almost certain. But what's quite sad is that if I'd had my own way, I would have probably gone for Venus. I should have mixed up the order. Yeah. But, um, well, that's um, that's uh, a highlighted and shone a light on a few of the gaps in my tennis knowledge, which are quite substantial. Apparently so. Apparently so. Yeah. Let's, uh, that's, let's... A good, that's a good quiz. For some, for, for tennis tennis nerds, they'd, um, they'd absolutely lap that up. Yeah, I, I found it because um, there's a tennis. I think he works for the New York Times. A guy called Christopher Clary, who oh yeah, just, he's just, just on the Roger Federer book, isn't he? Yeah, he has. Um, and he said he got two questions wrong on that quiz, and wow. someone like that knows their stuff. Yeah. So, did he get Did he get one out of ten though? I mean, uh, he he did not. He did slightly better than that. That would have been quite bad if he'd got one out of ten. I think. Yes. Yes, it would. Um, but uh, yeah, moving on to somebody else who we know and love greatly. And he's got those reflexes like a mongoose on amphetamines. We came through the tough times. The clay court mm. season was was troubling uh, for Prajnesh Gunaswaran, um, our Indian friend who got to the US Open hardcourt season. We thought this was going to be a great time for him. Got through the first round of qualifiers. Oh, yeah. And then lost to Christopher Eubanks. Chris Eubank is a <laughs> British or a former a former boxer, professional boxer. But this is Christopher Eubanks with an S. Eubanks. Funny, uh, real quick, uh, I actually... There are two Chris Eubanks, the the father and the son, both boxers. Oh yeah. I went to school with Chris Eubank Jr. Oh really? Yeah. His, uh, nice guy. Uh, yeah, he seemed all right. The Chris Eubank Senior would often pick him up in a like a pick like a you know like a lorry with like a huge trailer. I don't know what we call them. So. Yeah, uh, a lorry with a huge... T- yeah, like a you dump know, truck. Kind of. But, you know, like you'd see like a, a Tesco lorry or something on a motorway. Oh, yeah. One of those. He would drive around like the cab portion of one of those, like round Brighton, just honking the horn. I remember. Did you ever watch the... Louis Theroux did a... 
a documentary on it was when what part of the when Louis met series where he met Chris Eubank. It was like a huge red vehicle. Was it that thing? It might have been that. Yeah, and it was bizarre. He'd like walk around. He'd like he'd, sorry, he'd drive around honking his horn. At yeah, people. yeah, he loved it. It's yeah. Weird, weird bloke. Sorry. To no, 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 no. All relevant when Goodness <laughs> Warren's getting taken out by Chris Eubanks with an S. Um, but uh, yeah, so I've sadly lost that. So I didn't make it through to the US Open proper. Yeah. But, you know, I actually think he was winning a few more matches. Um, so I'm pleasantly surprised that he nearly made it there. Uh, to be I mean, did Chris Eubanks go on to, to uh, make the tournament at least? Uh, that's, a, that's an excellent question, Chris. Uh, I've Googled Chris Eubanks and it's just assumed I've made a typo, obviously. Uh, here we go. Men's singles. Uh, oh, he did make it to the to the, uh, to the main draw. Round. He was taken out by Francis Tiafo. Yeah. <sighs> He's um, six foot seven. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's no excuse for Prashna. He's, he's, he's still got the capabilities to take him out. Oh, for sure. Um, but he, yeah, he, uh, I mean, so Goodness Warren's hopped on a plane. He's He then headed to Saint-Tropez to a Challenger Tour event. And he's gone back to the clay. No. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? And of course, he got abs- he got taken out by some... French guy probably spent most of the time on the Cote d'Azur just perfecting his top and back end or something. He lost to a guy called Hugo Grenier. Oh god. Which sounds definitely sounds like some kind of cosmetics. Hugo Grenier. Grenier. Yeah. But yeah, so not not a great oh, time for Oh mate. Yeah, what's he d- we need to be on his coaching staff because I wouldn't get him anywhere near Europe. Nowhere near Europe on the on the clay court swing. I think nah. you get him back on the hardies, and then hopefully you can you can kind of get his calendar working from that perspective. But yeah, mate, H- Hugo Grenier is ranked four hundred eighty third in the world. Yeah, I don't know where Prajnesh is now. See, is, is he inside the top two hundred? I uh, after these results, I doubt it. Let me just. Do we have a point of no return for him? Like, if he drops below a certain ranking, do we write I, I actually think that would make me more interested in him if he got <laughs> below 200. I think 150, he's in dangerous territory of just being, yeah, just not not that interesting. But he is, I mean, what I would say to him, in fairness, he's, he's dropped 12 places since we've, because I think he was 144 when we first got on board, so... Based on that trajectory, I think we're probably looking at maybe 2025 for him to move outside the top 200. Yeah, probably. Which um, I'm excited to see. I'm trying to find him on this. Uh, like every time I look him up, it's delayed rankings from God knows when. Um, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know what is live. Oh, there he is. Currently 161 in the world. All right. Not great. Just above uh, Taipei's number one, uh, Jason Jung. Who is that? Don't know. Thirty-two years old though. He's been been grinding out there for many years. Nice. Yeah. Well, excellent <laughs> stuff. Well, it's good to see. Hopefully, Prasnesh can pull it out. And uh, I don't know what he's going to play for the remainder of the season, but I'm excited. Whatever surface will be following. Absolutely.
Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's it for this week. But thanks very much for joining us on This Cannot Be Serious. We'll be back again next week to see if Novak has actually made it through to the latter stages of the tournament and gone on to win potentially. Will we actually um, be back next week or will we, will we be back in like two months? Uh, no, it's the US Open, not the Olympics. Ah, so okay. But it's that's that's a that's a sort of promise. Um, but uh, yeah, in the meantime, it's a goodbye from me, and it's uh, it's a goodbye from Joe. Thank you all, guys, because your energy tonight. When you sleep tonight, I won because of you.